Welcome to Behind the Camera, a show dedicated to the producers, directors, technicians, and all the people that bring the images of sport to your television every night. I am your host, Uncle Jesse. On today's show, I welcome in Mike Fox. He's the director for the Chicago Cubs, and he's done a bunch of sports over the years. He lives in Colorado with his family. How are you doing? Good. What's up, Eric? How are you? I'm doing well, doing well. So this crazy business that is sports, how did you get into sports television? Well, um, I was hoping to be a college athlete. I played hockey my whole life growing up, and I went to UNH, um, University of New Hampshire, and I was hoping uh, that I could play hockey there, but uh, an injury sort of ended that chance. Um, So I started kind of dabbling at the PBS station there uh, right on campus, but one day I'd run into the producer, UNH hockey games for that PBS station. They used to cover the games. And it was a student-run production, but none of the students knew hockey. They couldn't follow the puck to save their lives. So <laughs> I actually offered my services. I said, I guarantee you I can follow the puck better than those guys because I at least know the game. I know the flow of the game. So she took me up on it and uh, taught me how to run camera, and I started running game camera for uh, college hockey games. That's how I started. So tell me about your first freelance gig ever. Well, the first the first TV job I ever did was a pledge drive for PBS. I was running camera. And man, I was terrified being behind that camera. That was even before I did the UNH hockey game. Um, didn't know what the heck I was doing. Had no idea who that guy was in my ear talking to me the whole time. Um, I, was, I couldn't have been more green. Um, but my actual first freelance gig, which is kind of funny, was I was a utility for an NHRA drag race. And I, again, nothing I had ever done before. I'd never pulled cable before. And they stuck me with the handheld guy at the start line. Oh no, right between the engines. (laughs) Oh man, I was, so I'm pulling cable for this guy and he's going up the side of one car, down the other side. And then, and then when they get ready to take off, he just told me to freeze. And I, and I froze. And when those things took off, I felt all my organs shutting down. Yeah, it feels like, like I, had, a meat grinder, I yeah. had no idea that that was going to happen. It was, it was, but it was crazy. It was, it was so exciting to like be a part of something and be right there. And it totally hooked me right, right from that moment. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's probably not the safest place to be, but there is something amazing when those engines fire up down there and you, you just feel everything inside of you kind of squeeze a little bit. Yeah, totally. Scared the hell out of me. So how did you get into technical directing? Um, that's actually a pretty funny story too. I was, um, we had just moved to Denver and I'd gotten the job of working visiting feeds for, um, Colorado Rockies baseball. And back then there was a company called John Crow Productions that was out of Texas that they actually had the rights to the away feeds at, uh, Coors Field. So I was doing, working for John Crow Productions, doing tape. That was back when I was a tape guy. And I did the summer of, uh, 96. And I could not have been more bored running tape for baseball. And that was back in the one-inch days, right, where you're just doing, you're doing replays by hand, and there's no EVS, there's no editing, nothing like that. So I was so bored by the end of that summer. And I don't know if you remember um, back then a guy named Sean McStay, who eventually became an engineer for Mobile TV Group. But Sean was the tech manager slash TD for John Crow Productions. He hated Denver. He's a Texas guy. He hated coming to Denver every summer. So Sean and I made it made a deal at the end of that summer that if I train all winter 
to learn how to TD, you will make me the TD tech manager for John Crow Productions for the summer of 97, and you won't have to come to Denver anymore. And he totally took me up on that. And he said, okay, you train all, all winter. And then by the time opening day came in 97, I was ready to go. I was switching on a 300, Grass Valley 300. And, uh, and from then on, that's how I started my, uh, my TD career. Grass Valley 300. I, I barely remember that. That was way early in my day. So right, right. I started on a Calypso. I mean, I started way, way late. So oh, I wish I would have started on a Calypso. <laughs> well, I tech, I guess I technically I started on a 250, but I wasn't I was just doing oh, cuts right, and dissolves yeah. back then. So um, yeah. fast forward 2002 and you're doing the Olympics in Salt Lake. Tell me about that. Yeah, that was that was really cool. I'd started doing some work for NBC in um, early 2000s. I was doing some golf. Um, I was doing uh, some ski racing. You know, I was doing doing some stuff. And then um, a guy named John Shannon, who's a longtime producer for Hockey Night in Canada, ended up getting the gig to direct hockey for the Olympics for NBC. And the unique thing about that was because it was in Salt Lake, NBC was the host feed, as opposed to when the Olympics typically go international. Um, there's a international feed that's the host feed and then NBC takes some feeds. So instead we were the host feed and John Shannon, I'd worked with doing some stuff with hockey night in Canada. And he called me and he asked me if I'd be willing to be his TD. So I said, sure, why not? So that's a, that was an amazing experience. And we ended up, you know, having one of the greatest Olympic hockey moments in, in at least U.S. and Canada history because it was the men's final, U.S. versus Canada. Canada wins, and uh, it was a huge celebration, even though it wasn't – it was on U.S. soil, but it was still an amazing game. And that was the year that they buried the loony under, the, under center ice, which is kind of a cool story. And then they ended up digging that up during the celebration um, after they'd won the gold medal. <laughs> That's a great, that is a great story. I'll have to go look that one up. I, I don't remember that. I, I was yeah. in, uh, I don't remember what I was doing in 2002, but I do remember those Olympics quite well. Uh, yeah. The previous yeah. year, the world started transitioning to high definition television and you were kind of in on the ground floor of HDNet, which was kind of the first full HD network started by Mark Cuban. Tell me about that experience. Yeah, I got, um, I actually got, contacted by Phil Garvin, who's the, uh, the owner of Mobile TV Group. He's the one that partnered with Mark Cuban to start the network. Phil worked on the technical side, and Mark kind of was the marketing guy and, and obviously the, um, uh, the investor. Um, so we launched the network in, uh, I think it was September 2001, um, and it was actually right before September 11th. And uh, and we launched, it was, we were doing a baseball game at the uh, Texas Rangers, first ever, you know, HD baseball game. And Mark Cuban was sitting right next to me uh, during the whole show. And uh, he could not have been happier. He's like a kid in a candy store because he had always wanted to be a part of um, television production, but he never really was. So he just loved it. Loved being in the truck, loved sitting next to me. Obviously, he's a high energy guy. He was, uh, he was a lot of fun to, uh, to work with for those, those years I was there. Well, and I remember those HDNet trucks were pretty small too. They were little straight body trucks. So they're 
there must not have been a whole lot of room up front. Because remember, that, if I remember right, the tape the tape operator was only a row or two behind the TD. I mean, yeah, it was he all sat right, right. Yeah, he sat right by right behind the TD. Yeah, it was all. Yeah, right it there. was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was cool because um, we were just a one man band. So it was producer director was one person. And that was me. So um, there there were two spots open in the front bench. It was sort of a producer station, a director station, the TD. So Mark just sat in the producer station um, the whole time. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it was fun. We, we had, we had a good time starting that network and sort of, you know, being the tip of the spear of uh, high definition. Oh yeah. I remember doing a lot of experimental stuff. The Mav was kind of new at the time. So you could have HD replays yep. and yeah, I, I remember those early HD net shows. Uh, what was yeah, your Snell and Wilcox switcher? Remember yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, Barely. Yeah. I've tried to forget yeah. that switcher actually. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> What was your first directing gig? Kind of, how did you get transition from technical directing to directing? Um, I think that was it. Was HDNet? Um, I was the main TD for um, most of the Denver sports, so I was working under um, a guy named Ken Miller, who was the director for Rockies and Avalanche, and then he became the executive producer um, of Fox Sports Rocky Mountain. And when he when he became the EP. Um, he had actually brought me on um, as the Rockies producer. But prior to that, um, when he was directing and I was the TD, he would, he would train me. He would let me um, sit in and, and maybe direct an inning or two. And um, he, was, he was really instrumental in advancing my career to that next level and, and making me a, um, the, the director that, that I am today. Like, I can't, I can't thank him enough for his mentorship in teaching me that job, teaching me what it means to be a television director. That's great. Yeah, we all need those people. I mean, I count you as one of those people in my life that's been instrumental in kind of helping me get over the hump into the directing chair and learning baseball and hockey. And I mean, there's nothing better than directing baseball. Like I love hockey, but baseball is such a ride. Speaking of rides, yeah. 2007, I remember it's September. It's like first weekend of September. You guys come to Arizona. I'm still working visiting shows at the time, and your EVS operator was off doing college football, so I filled in. And I remember the joke the whole weekend. I think we won Friday. I maybe lost Saturday, won Sunday. But the joke the whole weekend was, hey, we only need to win 19 of the next 20. Or it was just, it was one of those, like, <laughs> it was it was statistic. You know, was, so you're saying there's a chance, like mathematically possible. And I remember it wins Sunday, and it was just the, kind of the joke as you guys were leaving. And the next thing I know, I watched the Rockies go on, what, a 14 of 15 or some crazy run win game 163 against the Padres and then go all the way to the World Series. I just that one sticks out in my mind because of all the joking we had early in September. But what was that run like for you when it started feeling a little real? Yeah, it was kind of the same for us. Um, you know, it, every time we would reach a new milestone, like, you know, we would sweep, we swept the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium. So we, we just kept saying the whole time, like, you know, there's no way that we can sweep two series in a row. You know, there's no way you can win 12 games in a row. There's no way we can win 15 in a row. Like every day, it just kept becoming that was the joke. Is that right, that's what I remember? Oh, there's yeah. no way we can win today because we've won the last 12. You know, there's no way we can win again today. We've won 17 in a row. You know, we just kept waiting for eventually the the shoe to drop, and it just never did. Um, and I think it, it came down to that Arizona series right before the end of the season. And we had to win all three to win out. 
And it was because we lost one of those games that it forced the game 163 against the Padres. And uh, initially we were pissed that we didn't have the rights to cover that game because TBS had had the rights to um, game 163. So, you know, initially, like I said, we were kind of all bitter, but we were at the game. We we're sitting in the stands. I, I remember that game like it was yesterday. You know, I remember it going into 14 innings. I remember Matt Holiday sliding into home plate, which, by the way, is probably one of the best sporting events I've ever seen live, ever. And then the cool thing about it was I wasn't working. So we were invited to the, the clubhouse for the post-game celebration. So I was in there for the whole champagne celebration, the whole thing. I got drenched. And then I finally made it home like, I don't know, two in the morning or something like that. But that was an amazing experience. <laughs> that run was crazy. I mean, it was a, it was an unfortunate end in the World Series because they ran straight through the playoffs until they got to Boston. But I remember, yeah, the, the, the game 163, it's kind of like the new wild card, but still there's something different about 163. And, and it, is a, it is a lot of fun. Now, would you consider that your favorite sports television moment or do you have another kind of favorite in the truck moment that you can remember? You know, because we didn't do the game, it's probably not my favorite, you know, television moment. Um, you know, I think the, the Olympics was was probably pretty cool. And and then we ended up going on to win the National Emmy for for that broadcast, which was really cool. It's, it's the only National Emmy I have. But um, I don't know, just something about being a part of that that broadcast and being a part. It was my first Olympics. And even as a technical director, that was pretty, pretty amazing being a part of that, that Olympics. That's the last thing on my bucket list is to do an Olympics. And so hopefully when it's in LA, I'll get my chance coming up here in a few, well, it's four or five years, whatever it is. I don't know when it is coming. <laughs> so yeah, I, know. I hope so. Thanks for stopping Absolutely. by today. I appreciate it. Uh, hopefully we'll see you in a TV truck soon. Yeah. I hope to see everybody soon in a TV truck. <laughs> All right. You stay safe. You have a good one. All right. Thanks, man. You too. To watch past episodes or for more information on today's show, visit BehindTheCamerapodcast.com and we'll see you next time.